All right. Hey, everyone. It's time for Puzzle Talk, the geocaching puzzle podcast brought to you by the Geocache Talk Network. If you would like to become a patron, please click on the Become a Patron link on the front page of the Geocache Talk website or head over to patreon.com slash geocachetalk for more details. Patreons get the now famous blackout coins and other geocaching items during the year, as well as bonus content and invites to special events only for patrons. Support level starts at the Bison Tube level, which is only $3 a month. Here are your hosts. Well, me. Hi. Uh, it's Pathfinder33, uh, Charles Watkins. Um, real quick, we'd like to um, give a shout out to Tom Brotherman and <laughs> to Gary Slinkard, who normally are here helping me out. Um, it's going to be a solo run tonight. Um, Tom Brotherman has been without power uh, for the majority of the day um, down in San Antonio, Texas. And Gary, up until about 17 minutes ago, was here talking to me. And so it looks like um, he has um, rolling blackouts going on in the northeast of the Dallas area where he lives. Um, so uh, they are probably both shivering somewhere, probably huddled up close to a charcoal fire since they have no electricity. And I don't believe either of them have a fireplace in their house. So that's where those two are. Um, if power gets restored to either one of them, um, I believe they are, either one of them may jump back in here uh, for the show. Um, but in the meantime, it is going to be uh, a solo run at this. This may be the last time for a solo run at this. We'll see how it goes. But first, let's, before we jump into the show, two far we have some news all right so as we indicated last week gc8 neat gc8 neat is live uh, it is a locationless cache there are some CTO requirements for this cache so uh, go out do some CTO, uh post a picture uh, I believe the requirements for this, and I haven't looked at it real close, so don't, don't yell at me about this, but it looks like the um, that you need to do some CETO, take a picture of your CETO, and then they it sounds like they want you to let them know where they are at, where you're at in the world. Um, so uh, do those three things, get on there and claim your locationless cache for GCA meet. Um, also to let y'all know, there is some Puzzle Talk merchandise available in the Geocache Talk store. Go to geocachetalk, geocachetalk.com and click on the store tab in the at the top on the upper right. Um, or you can go directly to the store. We'll have a store link in the show notes. Um, but we do have some cool Geocache uh, Puzzle Talk coins as well as some Puzzle Talk um, shirts and other merchandise that is available for purchase. If you would like to support the show, um, that would be awesome. I see Memphis 
back there in the green room. If you want to jump in, brother, come on in. We'll. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to jump in without permission, so. Uh, no, no, it's it's all good. So. It's rare that I'm actually home on a Tuesday night, so I was gonna just watch, and I was like, "What's going on here?" Yeah, so it looks like Gary and Tom have both. Tom has not had power all day today. Oh my gosh! And Gary was here 20 minutes ago talking to me. Um, but they were expecting a rolling blackout at 6.15. Mm. And so here they are. He went down about 6.45, 6.50. So, yeah, it's uh, crazy weather in the south. Um, stay warm. Stay hydrated. Um, and then the other new news that's in right now is um, new souvenirs. So coming out at the end of this month, there are 14 new reasons to go geocaching. There are two new levels added to the Wonders of the World, which give you three new digital souvenirs for your geocaching profile. So, Do you see they added the, uh, the other stuff to the geocaching app today too? The blog came out on that. No, what did I miss? What, what so it's it's brand new. It just came out this afternoon. They added um, different Isn't ways to track your streaks, and it's only for the geocaching app, so the native app. Um, but they added you can track your streaks and some other uh, DT stuff. So they're they're adding more of the statistics tracking to uh -huh. the the actual geocaching app. Yeah, there you there go. Is. There is. I see it. I'm sitting here looking at it like um, it's trying to tell me that I need to grab. These, these two caches to get another loop in my fizzy grid. That's kind of neat. Um, and Oh, and they have your um, a tab for your milestones. Yeah, which is pretty cool. That's kind of neat. So it, it goes through and shows you all of your milestones that you're at. So if you are a native geocaching app user, um, some new stuff for you guys um, out there. So that's kind of neat that uh, that stuff came out uh, and you can track it in the app now. So I guess that means I'm going to have to download that app again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't actually have that app. so You, like me, are a, um, a fruity phone user, right? We yes, yeah, indeed. We both have the, the Apple phones and uh, we are very much loving the cashly app um, but you know they're they do and i support them i don't care what anybody says and i'm i'm as diehard cashly as anybody but i support geocaching when they say you know this promotion is only going to be on our app it should be it's your company it absolutely should be and when it is i switch over there and do the wonders of the world and everything else and then i go back to my other app but yeah and um you know i have it it's in my um other little I have a tile that's just for geocaching. So I have the old where I go app, the new where I go app, the adventure labs app, the cache tour.no, mm -hmm. the original official geocaching app, uh, TV scan, and looking for cache light in my geocaching profile. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, if you're going to run a promotion like that, you want people to, come in and use your stuff by God your, your stuff run it how you want hey you know what you and I agree on this a lot but I know they don't I think 
geogaxing.com might be a lot more greedy than they are. They're too nice. <laughs> I'd be charging all kinds of money, so it's probably good I'm not in charge of it. <laughs> I'd be charging all kinds of money. I'd be selling all virtuals and webcams, and I'd be selling all kinds of stuff. Man, if, if they ever went into a deal where you could put in and buy in for a lottery chance to own a new webcam cache. How much would you pay outright for a webcam right now? What is my savings account balance? <laughs> I got $312.16. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's... We I, have somebody north of the border. We do, who's who's used to the cold. And, uh, That's right. What not? Look, it rides like five hundred dollars. Hey, you know what? If you could own one, I'd I'd probably have a few people chip in, and we'd have to get one. Uh, no, the CFO would not approve, and she's busy doing something else. The only reason I can be so brave with my talking right now. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, with with Gary and Tom um, both being down for whether we had. Um, Tom usually gets in like the day before or the day of and adds a bunch of notes to this. Um, he's obviously dealing with some other issues. His work revolves around um, public works and uh, making sure that uh, places have water and electricity. So I know he's um, busy doing stuff down there for work. Um, and whatnot. So um, we're going to try and jump into this thing and uh, and see if we can get somewhere. So I uh, think we got a uh, we got another partner jumping in here too. It looks like looks like Jeff's about to jump in. Does it, Jeff, do you want in? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to call him in and like catch him picking his nose or something. He didn't know he was in, right? Right. <laughs> Good to go. <laughs> um, all right. So tonight's tools that we're going to use. Um, I, and 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 it's okay to use this as a tool for solving puzzles, um, but Wikipedia, there is a Wikipedia list of languages by written system. Um, it's in the show notes, um, but that's going to be one of the tools that you can use. Um, Google has a Word Fanatics um, deal. We've got a link in the show notes as well as Google has a... Google Translate. So if you're not sure what language it is, you can copy and paste it into Google Translate and select the detect language. And then um, it will spit it out in whatever your native language is. So English, French, German, uh, Australian, because I know um, you guys down there kind of speak a slightly different version of this from us. Um, yeah, which which version of English is it? <laughs> it? It's it's the more British version, the more um, the more do accents. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and, and then be translate.google.com. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, omniglot.com. Um, omniglot is a good source of all kinds of crazy stuff um, for languages. And we had a request right before the show started um, that asked if uh, we could give a, tutor a tutorial on Omniglot. Um, so we might want, 
I've got it kind of uh, pulled up. I'm not the um, greatest at using Omniglot. Um, <laughs> it does look like it has quite a bit of stuff here. I love that puzzle, the puzzle language. I've never seen that before. Uh, yeah, and that's what we have linked in the show notes. Takes you to a puzzle language. Um, somehow there's supposed to be a way that you can download the um, a file and import it into um, Word or whatnot and get it to type that block out for you. Um, but let me share my screen. For so could you could you put together those puzzle pieces? like in real life, cut them out, and that would be the puzzle? Like you find it in a cache, and if, once you put them all together, that's the that's the code from there? That would be, like, physically cut those pieces out that it's got for those little puzzle pieces? Like, and do a field puzzle with it? Yeah. That would be pretty hard, because then you have to get the get in the field, solve the puzzle, you know, like you put a picture on it. It put, goes yeah. together in a certain puzzle, and then it spells out a phrase after that as well. Yeah, you could. We had one like that in East Texas that was, you got there and the guy had um, made out of, he had had a puzzle somehow printed on like a uh, vinyl, like a cutting board, a plastic mm -hmm. cutting board. And then he took it to his shop and with a saw mm -hmm. went in and sawed all the little pieces into and then you are sitting out there with these pieces of plastic in the middle of the pine forest in East Texas, putting this puzzle together out on a trail. And once you got the puzzle together on the for the picture, you flip it over, and on the back side it gave you the coordinates. Yeah, you wow. had to pull apart, put it back in the tin that he had it stashed in, hide it, and go to. But it was a multi cache with a field puzzle attribute on it. Um, I had one kind of just like that around here as well. It was like uh, uh, the guy's big logo, kind of like a shield, like a Superman sort of design. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was split up. It wasn't a hard puzzle. It was maybe eight or nine pieces, but it was like on a on a drop-down board. So, yeah. like, you bring it down and then align it, and then you have to somehow flip it over to get the coordinates on the backside. <laughs> yeah. It was wooden. Yeah. It just seems oh. like maintenance would be a nightmare. If one piece goes missing, you're you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, one piece goes and, uh, you know, depending, as long as there wasn't a huge portion of the coordinates on it on the back or whatnot, then, uh, but it, it, like this one, the, the puzzle code for this, um, it could be, could be, could get you in a, in a world of hurt if a couple of those pieces went missing. Yeah. So, uh, so when you come to Omniglot, this is what the homepage looks like. Um, and it has um, multilingual, multilingual pages down here. Um, but writing systems are up at the top. And there's, uh, when you click on alphabets, it takes you to um, a list of things. You can sort these alphabets in a couple of ways um, in, in how you read them. So if you read them from right to left, um, and then you come down and read them from right to left, or if you read them right to left, and then go down and read the next line from left to right, like Egyptian hieroglyphics. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it get, it gets confusing. And then there are languages that you read from um, 
right to left, but you read them from top to bottom, and then go to the next column and read top to bottom, and then go to the next column and read top to bottom. Um, Gaelic is one of those languages, um, but as you scroll down here, it gives you a, a whole host of all of the different languages that are in here. These are all um, real languages that are spoken or written somewhere around the world or used to be. Um, so um, some of them you read right to left, some you read left to right, and some you read top to bottom. And there's one, one or two that I was looking at in here earlier that you read bottom to top. Wow. And, and then you read it from left to right. So it was super confusing if it's... Um, this you know, is uh, exactly why I hike and climb trees so I don't have to solve these kind of puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so there, there are um, a host of things in here. Um, they have a, a load of um, sources that you can use for... Um, stuff in there. Um, I don't use Omniglot, at least in this section, for a whole lot of stuff. Um, Gary jumped in here. I see he's back from the depths. And, you got some temporary power? For the moment. Um, it won't last long. Um, in here, there's a, a place for you to do like Wingdings 3 and, and a bunch of other like obscure symbol languages. Um, would would this be a good place? Like if you come up on a puzzle and like I open up a puzzle and it has a weird language I don't know, would this be a good place to come to try to identify and narrow down what language that might be? Yeah, because you can at least come into this in the first section into the alphabets and mm -hmm. kind of scroll down and see if something looks familiar but this manchu that's up here and this i'm going to say this wrong xibe that's down here they at least look similar right and so they look pretty similar yeah so it at least will help you narrow it down to a couple of um, plausible sources if you are just better than throwing a dart in the dark yeah, I've kind yeah. of found when doing this, like, it's it's more, it's better for searching for a style. But if, like, you've got uh, specific characters that you're trying to identify, it's a lot harder because there's no, like, single-page source of the entire alphabet. <laughs> so it's more like, what style does it look like? And then see yeah. if it matches one of those. Well, yeah. Uh, um, do, you have, do you have a section on Wikibruce for languages? or? Yep, Omni Omniglot is linked there, yeah. Right. I don't, I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. All of these languages are listed, but <laughs> some right. of the I mean, more common ones. You have other sources too. We can put yeah. in the show notes for languages. Do you think? Or um, I'll let see. you look. That's fine. So for the for the uh, visual watchers who are watching now, um, this is what. Um, Memphis was talking about when he was talking about the um, puzzle code. Let me see if I can make this page a little larger. That there. one is super cool. So, I'm, I'm going to probably have to make a puzzle out of this. I like it. So <laughs> each one of these letters has a, a unique 
bottom side of their square and right side of their square. And so the alphabet is here. And as you put it together, there are periods, spaces, question marks, but it's only the right and the bottom side that make a individual letter or character. And then as you can put them together, you can make a puzzle um, like you see on the screen here. And then you have to go in and decipher which letter or punctuation mark is each one of these squares. Um, there, you know, there's, there's somehow is a way that you can um, download a script. Um, I've, yeah, I've tried to do it a couple of times and apparently I'm not smart enough to know how. I think Tom was, no, you did it, didn't you? Was it, you were talking, you and I were talking about this. Or was it Tom I was talking to about? He was using a tool to do some of that. Yeah, it had been Tom. I haven't figured out. There, there's, there's a way that you can get the code that this guy, he wrote a script so that you can load it into like um, Microsoft Word. And then as you type, it will, um, it will come out in these squares. The only downside to that is if you misspelled something and didn't go back to double check it, then you'd have a misspelled word somewhere in your puzzle. Sure. Um, and the other thing that I like about this is that it's it's a substitution cipher. It's like letter one letter per symbol, mm -hmm. but those symbols affect the other ones next to them, to the top and left. Absolutely. So you can't yeah. just necessarily just do a find and replace. If you see them, you have to like pay attention to which ones, <laughs> or you have to ignore the top and left if you're trying to do that kind of find and replace. Yeah, and so um, you know, E is the most used letter in the English alphabet. And so if you went through um, something like this and looked for just the letters that were E, like this one, on the, the last one on the second row is an E. You know, and so you have to go in and specifically look for this indent and this indent on all of them. Like this is an E. You know, and so once you look for them, they pop out, but you'd have to do you know, have this alphabet handy to do. The other thing that I like about it is this one does do numbers. Mm -hmm. Another section of the squares. So um, you could make this into, you know, you could just, if you could figure out a way to get all of this written correctly, you just put that up there on the screen. Just give them the coordinates. Make them figure out how to decipher what these boxes all mean. Or you could do a multi-level cipher where all the numbers get converted to ASCII or something like that. Yeah. And you got to convert that to base 64. And convert <laughs> That's just mean. There's no reason to do that to somebody. That's just mean. Yeah. It, that's, uh, what that's what I was going to bring up tonight was uh, I worked on one. This is kind of like, I mean, I should have known what I was getting into. Because you look at a difficulty level, you can see what you're getting into. And I didn't really think that far ahead, but... I went through this trouble of just uh, converting this language into something readable. And once I did, it was like, it's still not really readable. Oh, no, it's like Klingon or something. So it's like, you know, or, you know, I just, there, there was layers. And I thought, dang it, I should have realized there might be layers in this stupid puzzle. 
Because you can. You could go from, you know, to Spanish or something, and then, you know. I, and I was looking for Puzzle Cash because we, we had talked about it. I thought you, me, and Tom had talked about it, but it, it might have been, you know, Facebook Puzzle Caching group that I'm in. Um, but there was a cache that was brought up that had, um, you know, like, 25 different languages, um, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Written out on a separate line. And, you know, you just take it and you're like, oh, that one looks like French. And then, you know, I took it in and threw it into the Google Translate and it came out being Spanish. But I was like, hey, that's close, you know. But there were some that I was looking at on that. I was like, there's there's no way, you know. But so, what is the – what's the – the reality though if you do a four or five language step puzzle how many people in your area is actually going to go find that <laughs> there's like the eight cashers that are going to solve the puzzle and then nobody else goes and find it for a year mm -hmm. right. zero maybe yeah. up, up jeff's way there might be what how many jeff half dozen there, there's there's a handful of people who do hard difficulty stuff but then yeah it get, comes to the group it's the then, same handful of people though that always right. do them yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um so, um, but so we all know can come in a multitude of real and made up languages like Klingon or Wookie, right? Um, there are a multitude of tools to help us decipher these puzzles. Uh, some puzzles are in foreign languages, and to us who only speak English or can only read English, um, a puzzle in Spanish sometimes can be. Um, extremely hard, or they can have some odd spellings, uh, use of regional slang, um, because I know when I lived in Germany that some of the regional slang that we had in Hessen, when I went down to Bavaria and tried to speak to them, they looked at me and obviously knew that I was not from around there. So uh, there's some regional slang, um, and then some use... Um, phonetics to make a cast. Um, so there are a multitude of resources. We've got a couple listed in the show notes. Um, Kelly Long's book um, has a, a very good selection of alphabets, um, we're being told. Um, so right here. Um, and, and we have... Um, you know, we have several shows mentioned uh, Cully's book. So, um, you know, get in there if you if you want to get a good jump on things. Get that. Make sure you get the spiral bound book and not the not the hard paperback because you're going to be flipping around through it enough that uh, Tom Tom separated the backing on his and some pages started to come out. So. <laughs> The new one, he bought the spiral down one. So, um, go ahead and in there and you're gonna get one. If you don't have the spiral bound, what you can do, I didn't realize this till I worked at FedEx for a while, but you can take it to a either UPS store or a FedEx store, hand them the book, and they can they have the machine and the spiral spiral pieces for you. Typically, if you have one of those stores near you. They will punch it, put spiral in it, and make it a spiral-bound notebook for you. Pretty, 
cheap. I mean, so if you have the other version, take a minute sometime, pop into a FedEx or UPS store or something of that nature. Uh, I know those two, I know FedEx has it. I'm sure others do too, but it's not that hard, but it takes specialized tools and those stores have them. They're easy to, to do so, but it is so much better to have a spiral bound of, it's more like a workbook and people don't realize what Coley's book is. It's really, it's not really one you, I mean, you can sit down and read it, but it's just, more. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Just go buy another one and give the one you already have away at an event when we have it. There you go. <laughs> or do that. But if you Auction don't. It off. Yeah, exactly. But it is more of a workbook if you ever buy one. So. I'm just adding that book to the uh, the tools list. I haven't added it yet. Yeah, yeah. I put in uh, at your I site mean, that's now. That's a good resource for sure. Tools.cashtheline.net for our audio listeners. Um, pretty simple. Just tools.cash like geocache. Cashtheline.net and lots of resources. Jeff is always. Keep an eye out for little things to add. <laughs> the library grows. <laughs> and if there's any bad links, let me know. <laughs> yeah, because that's true. Some of them will go away after, you know, I mean, potentially, hopefully not. But. Yeah, I've had that happen a few times, and you just have to find the replacement website. Right. The same tool. Yeah. Did you... Uh, there's any price difference in the two. I think it's, I think it's the same price either way, isn't it? Oh, I think so. I would, yeah. I don't think there's a difference. About twenty-five bucks is what it is at US. Yeah. For a resource that you're going to use all the time that'll help you solve a lot of puzzles, that's not a bad deal. No, not at all. And it's it's kind of for those that have never you know, used it or looked at it. The other cool thing about it is that it it's almost like a training tool as well. If you go through it, like if you're you've never seen a puzzle you know, geocache puzzle that you know what to do with and you're trying to learn other than watch the podcast. If you start at the beginning of the book, it kind of goes through and shows you kind of in an order of difficulty. You know, don't start at the middle of the book, start at the beginning and kind of it gives you some exercises on how what to look for and how what to learn as you go along, you kind of start to learn some of the the tricks that cash owners use to to make puzzles. So, is it uh, is it like in elementary school? All the answers are in the back, so I'll never have to solve any more puzzles. <laughs> there are a lot of answers. There is, but how are you going to learn, Jesse, by doing that? I guess you did. You did. You did graduate from somewhere at some point. And I've, a few times. <laughs> I mean, other than the school of hard knocks, you've. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did y'all, I guess y'all talked a little bit about, uh, Charles, y'all covered a little bit about languages that nobody's ever, like the Latin, the non-Latin script languages. Those are yeah. kind of interesting, I think, because you just don't, for us, it's not, you know, Russian is something we don't really look at that often unless you are with Russia, but it's a, it's, some of those languages, uh, Japanese, you know, the Asian, some of the Asian languages, we just, I mean, they're cool, but we just don't really 
we kind of don't, I mean, we just don't use them that often. So they, I think they throw us for more of a loop than they would obviously somebody who's seen it more often. Yeah, it's kind of like there's there's almost three types of levels of languages. Like for puzzles, there's an English-based language where letters are just replaced and you've got to figure out what the cipher is. Right. But then there's a full translation where you don't – it's like it's not a one-to-one. It's a completely different language and you've got to translate right. that. And right. I think sometimes if we don't want to go to that extent of translating from language to language, sometimes people will use another language and right. just find some way to map that to English. So you don't right. have to know the other language, but you can still solve it if you can figure out the mapping. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah. just the substitution, basically. Yeah. Uh, I think Tom mentioned too one time, uh, Charles, we were talking about some other things, which is you take a, langu- take a language that you're not familiar with, and once you finally translate, the, the English is set. The English, finally you work it out, is the word dot. And then, like the next one, the word is dash. You're like, dang it! They're gonna, uh, be, yeah. they're gonna make me do this again. It's like <laughs> multiple levels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that, that was a funny one because it's like, oh, it's Braille now. Oh, great! Now I got to figure out Braille. So, Jeff, yeah. do you have a bunch that are in English and French, considering part of your you know area? I know it's not everybody uh, that speaks French, also, but there really isn't a lot of French puzzles that I've seen in. There's probably a lot more towards Ottawa and that northeastern area, but yeah, around here, it, it seems like it would be a uh, more common, obviously, than in the middle of Colorado, where nobody <laughs> speaks French. <laughs> yeah, I'm about six hours from Ottawa, Ontario. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. I, I was wondering how far you were from the province of Quebec. <laughs> you're you're a little ways, right? Yeah, it'll be like six, six to seven hours, probably at least okay. to get to. Well, Quebec. yeah, that's not heck. Six seven hours in Texas, you know, I'll be I. You know, I could barely make it to tell where Tom lives. So, <laughs> well, this is on our four hundred one, which is that highway spine throughout Ontario. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Hebrew translating to one thing, Hebrew mm-hmm. translation is a whole other level. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Thanks, Trisha. Yeah. Yeah, transliteration, good word. Transliteration is good. Yeah, Kesher Nick and uh, Puzzle Nick mentioned about the flowcharts in the back of the book, so you can turn to the back of the book at Cully's. Um, there, yeah, there is useful stuff back there. Yeah, Pizza Ninja, those charts have helped me to solve many puzzles. So, cool stuff. So, I think we we got Charles off track. No, all you're right. good. No, it's all good. Well, we're going to take a look at. Um, I'm going to put this in the chat so that everybody can see it. But we're going to look at a old puzzle cache. Um, this one is. GCTPG8. So only four characters in the GC code. Um, and unfortunately, on the cache page, um, the puzzle, you have to look at the picture that's on the cache page, which the, the link to the actual picture in there is broken somehow, but the photo is in the photo gallery. So <laughs> what I have done was downloaded the picture so we can share the picture here. Yeah. Let's, let's see if we can zoom a little better for 
right, so there's your puzzle. And, and it took me a while of looking at this to figure out what was going on. Right, because at first you're thinking maybe a rot, but then you probably tried a rot first, like a, one of the different rotations, and that didn't work out. No, that didn't work out. But if you look at this, you have this K-A-S-H right here on the first line. Mm -hmm. And then the last word in that first section is coordinator. Oh. Right? So this is, a, this is part of a series. This is um, the foreign language series number one. And... Um, that ends um, taking you um, to a fairly old cache up in New Hampshire. Um, that was like O and six. So it's and Google Translate doesn't do anything. No, it's always O. The the number O. Yeah, this is one of those things a lot easier if you try to read it out loud. Right. Right. So. Nor, you know, at the beginning, you read it out loud. Um, you know, it's it. You end up having to sound it all out, but then you got to figure out. All right, so is this in English or not? Because some of the other caches that are in this series, there are four caches in this series. Um, number two archived because the puzzle picture went missing, and it's not in the photo gallery. So, um, like this one. Um, you gotta sound it out phonetically, but then you gotta figure out what language is it in. Um, and the what, thing is, if it's a, like a standard language, then Google Translate wouldn't shouldn't have a problem with it. Well, except that it's not spelled accurately. Right, uh, so there's a twist. Right. So the foreign uh, language series cache number three um, that we'll look at here in just a second. Um, is phonetic Italian, right? And so you have to sound it out, but then you get, once you sound it out and kind of figure out what it's saying, you then have to translate it phonetically through Italian. So, um, you know, these puzzles are rated at like two and a half, two and a half and the other one. Yeah, so they're all rated as two and a half puzzles. Um, uh, Owen was guessing because he was looking for other clues like the mermaid, so he was thinking, uh, you know, Danish or something of that nature. It could be. They do have um, a statue, is that in Amsterdam? Of yeah. uh, a mermaid sitting out there on a rock. Um, yep. The, yeah. it, it could be. Um, Based on the story. Yeah. You know, but. These puzzles are all done off of um, phonetics, so it was kind of a um, yeah. It looks like gibberish that makes sense if you read it together. So yeah, yeah you've seen that pretty uh, often with English, right? Like just writing something out phonetically, read it, and you understand what it says. But mm -hmm. doing a phonetic foreign language or non-English language, yeah. Good uh, luck with that. <laughs> You, yeah, you can't just translate it in Google. You have to know what language it is by the sound of what you're reading out. Right. Mm -hmm. right. That's different. <laughs> um, and so 
there were a couple of these that I found that, um, you know, the, the coordinates are phonetic. Um, Copenhagen, thank you. Oh, it's in Copenhagen. Yeah, Copenhagen. You're right. Um, but yeah, so um, a couple of these, I've got them in the show notes. Um, but if you want to get in and look at them, the foreign language series cache, they're up in New Hampshire. Um, so jump up and look at those um, and see if you can, um, you know, figure one of those out there. There's some pretty good caches, but um, I kind of stumbled on the one and then was lucky that uh, I realized what it was um, looking at it. Um, so it's the words kind of spelled out phonetically. You've got to read it out loud. And sometimes it helps read it out loud in the bathroom because bathroom's got good acoustics in it. Right. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, there are three of those to look at. Um, and they're, they're fairly uh, decent little puzzles. There's another one that I found that's called Pirate Treasure 3, uh, Emma's Birthday Cash. Let me share that with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll throw the show notes if you want to bring it up, or I can bring it up if you want. There. Um, and so when you come down and look at this, this is a, a difficulty three. Um, when you come down here and look at it, um, you, you have it. And so... Um, Make it a little. There you go. So there's your FGH, J, and K. Hey, uh, uh, Charles, your your mic's kind of breaking up. If you want to, if you could kind of move around a little bit, maybe. And... Okay, is that better? Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting yeses and noes. On what? On your mic? No, just you guys looking at each other. I got one of you in this. I got one of <laughs> No, your mic's that kind of night, right? It's either the power <laughs> or the microphones or something's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you sit there and look at these, um, take these words one for one and take them over to Google Translate. Right. I have them translate it for you because, um, you know, some of these are obscure languages that you wouldn't um, that you wouldn't know looking at it off the top of your head. And they're not all the same language. So each line seems to be um, like like this T-I-G-A. That is the word three in whatever language it popped out at, you know. Right, which was you know a country, you know, in near around Thailand, you know. So I I wouldn't know that that was the word three, but then you got to multiply it times whatever this ends up becoming, and then divide it by mm -hmm. this to get G. So I've, 
I've, uh, as a cash owner, you kind of also have to be careful in doing that because sometimes one word might have different translations for a couple different languages and you might get the wrong one. Because there's been one or two where that's happened where it's like, okay, it's just one word, so Google that. But okay, there's like five languages all the same word with different right. meanings. Like, <laughs> So in designing the puzzle, you almost have to be careful to make sure that if you do have one word, then the solution will be obvious. The solution would be clear and not unless you want to be mean, vague, and unless then you pick something like that. <laughs> trial and error. <laughs> That's why we made it a difficulty five puzzle <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't make any sense unless you know where I'm going with it. Right, and so this is one of those where um, each one of these lines is a separate language. They're all going to come out. Uh, I don't know. Numbers at some point. And then you got to follow the math function. You know, it just works. You know, there's another one with some crazy languages. Even more interesting would be changing the, uh, the functions, the mathematical uh, symbols into their words into a different language. Oh. <laughs> Uh, well, and then you got to execute the order of operations correctly. So addition, subtraction, multiplication, division from left to right, whichever one comes first. I mean, so it's it's not always the easiest of, you know, this if you don't remember simple, basic math functions. Mm -hmm. So um, these, these can get really difficult um, and, and definitely give you the wrong number if you do your order of operations, your PEMDAS, um, incorrectly. Mm -hmm. PEMDAS, look at me, come on. That's what you remember from school, PEMDAS? Hey, my mom was a math teacher. Uh, I, I, I better remember what PEMDAS was. Be yeah. Bedmas, B-E-D-M-A-S. That's not the way, we, we, learned, we learned it as, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Right. But that was in the right? South, right? You'd expect that. <laughs> yeah. Parentheses exponents. A different acronym. Right. So it's parentheses exponents. Uh, brackets. That's why. Bed bedmas. Oh, bracket. you use brackets that are exponent. Yeah. <laughs> Division Those multiple. Black well, Canadians. I guess M and D right. can be either way, yeah. <laughs> well, it's multiplication and division from left to right. So as or division you, and multiplication, it goes either direction. Right, but you have to do them in order from left to right. So if you have yeah. multiple multiplications and divisions in a single line, you just go from left to right and do them as they come. Yeah. And then the same with adding and subtracting. So you don't just go through and add everything and then subtract everything, you know, and then multiply it. Like there's there's specific ways that you're mm -hmm. trying to do this. Not everybody's nice and puts them in parentheses they but yeah. Well that's the uh you know that's I've seen several puzzles without the languages that just have the Really, the whole puzzle is making sure you do the order of operations right. And then you have to get the math for the... It's simple math, but that's what makes it so hard, is it's simple for a lot of people, you know? Yep. So... Huh. <laughs> expo multiple division abstract. Right, so parentheses, brackets, and yeah, it's all the same. Yeah, it's one of the ways yeah. to do it. You know, because you can in what is it calculus? You can't have the square brackets. Yeah, 
So, yeah, it all just depends on um, how you want to. And then just throw all of that into like eight languages and you got a good puzzle. Oh, there you go. That's it. Yeah. Um, so. Pros powered, we want to talk about Mando and the Child. Yeah, let's uh, we'll take a look at this Mando and the Child. I've got a. You want to bring it up? Yeah. Is, Sounds like old Scottish or something. This one I put together after some puzzle talk night. I figured I was going to do that, but I. I uh, so you have to kind of be a, if you're not a Star Wars nerd, you kind of have to ask somebody. Hopefully, you've, you're familiar at least with the with the phrase enough that you could get an inkling of where this puzzle was going. But uh, out there you can find Mandalorian. If you're a fan of the show, the Mandalorian Disney Plus show. So the interesting thing is about this, and I want to get y'all's ideas on this, is that the and there's part of it. You can maybe see it better with that. but um, So you have to translate that. Here's the thing. You translate that. There are no coordinates in this translation. None. There's no no coordinates. So, uh, if you do the solution checker, click on the button for the solution checker. Charles, pull it down a little ways. So, obviously, the first thing you always do on a puzzle is you just go solution check, check it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the puzzle. The puzzle takes you to that location. Here's the thing, though. The reason why it's important to understand what is in the description is because, I mean, you could you can hunt around the area, but there's no other clue to tell you, to give you any information about where the cache is. And you can hunt around and probably find it. But the description is more like a hint. It is it's like a hint. And so yeah. when you translate that, it takes you to a particular place near GZ. Like it tells you to be on the north side of the you know of this Best you know, Robins. Yeah, well it's uh yeah. um, 30, thirty-one flavors. <laughs> it's a uh, giant electric pole. Uh, one of those enormous, uh, it's not electric, I'm sorry, light bulb. So it kind of gives you a, an idea of where to go to stand to find this magnetic key holder. So, but I think what was interesting about doing that, and you, I know you guys may have seen these before, not this obviously in particular, but where you aren't given necessarily the right, because we always talk about all puzzles lead to north and north and you know coordinates or west coordinates or whatever. They don't always do that. Mm -hmm. There may be, no. may, may, there may be, you know, and nobody says that when you solve a puzzle, let's say it does give you coordinates. And you're like, oh, well, then the cache must be at ground zero because I got the coordinates. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that. No. Well, you know, Tom, Tom just found a puzzle, and we were talking about this the other day, that it 
straight up tells you that the cache is at the posted coordinates. But you have to be able to decipher the puzzle in order to open the combination lock yeah. that is on that is locking the cache container. Mm -hmm. Unless you have a set of leads. <laughs> Yeah. Set of tools to unlock. And, and if you got the special tools, awesome. um, if you've got the special tools, you don't always have to solve the puzzle to get into uh, the lock. So, uh, does that qualify as a field puzzle attribute, though? Because if you go to the go to GZ, you can't get to the cache if you don't have the solution. So the puzzle is on the listing to get the the number in order to open. The cache at GZ, right? So it just like this one of, of Gary's. If you click the solution checker, it will tell you that the coordinates are correct. And you go there, and there's an ammo can with a combination lock on it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I would, you know, if you decipher the puzzle um, at the house, if you can if you can solve the puzzle, there's no field puzzle involved. You just get there and unlock the lock. If you get there and don't have and haven't solved the puzzle, uh, then you need to try and figure out a way to um, open the lock without mangling it so that the next person can still get there and open I, the lock. I, I feel like that qualifies as a field puzzle, but that might be like one of those debatable things. I might have to ask a reviewer about So, that. <laughs> I don't know if that's field... Well, if you're, if you're talking about the uh, breaking on the lock part, that's that's like the old puzzle, but not the puzzle to give you a code, right? Right. right. But if there's yeah, okay. a cache at the posted coordinates, there's an additional task you have to do. It's like it's I think it's one of those like gray areas. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine debate it at all. <laughs> um, um, you want to bring up my other one before I lose? Probably losing power here in a minute. So, yeah, hang on, I've got it right here. Safe passage. So, safe pilgrimage. So, this is another one that I want to get you guys' thoughts on. One thing I didn't want to do was allow for. Hang on a second. Somebody, I got a, I got a, I got an echo, echo, echo in here. Oh. There is, there is an echo. Let me mute you for a second, Jeff. I don't know if it's Jeff or not. Well, maybe we don't know. I gotta work on yours. Uh, I gotta, we gotta get you a better mic, Charles. I get a lot of static on yours, but anyway. Um, so the thing about this one is I didn't want people to go to this page and be able to cut and paste the information. Like I like on the last one, you can cut and paste it. There is no place to cut and paste this one. It gives you clues. Um, you know, and it, it you know, it talks about, you know, the, the name of the cache is a clue, safe pilgrimage. I give you the clue Friday the 13th. Um, and then he, Charles is showing you where the where it is. It's kind of hard to see. But you go into the picture. And in the picture, there's the 
there it is. You can barely see it. But you can zoom in with the scroll wheel or control yeah, plus. You can we'll scroll zoom in. Zoom it. But so there you go. So I was being a little, a little tricky, and uh, a little evil. <laughs> little evil. So you can't cut and paste the darn thing. So it's like, uh, dang it, I can't. So you got to come up with some other way to figure out what this is. So for yeah. me, what I would do with this puzzle is I would load that into a paint program yeah, and then it can cool. enlarge it and then just overlay the letters as I determine what they are. And then that's, Exactly, yeah. That's just so, yeah, so there's, there's some other tools you have to use for that. Um, but I gave you clues, safe pilgrimage, Friday the 13th. Um, I think, I, I don't know if there's other clues in there, but if you, if you kind of look through and you go, oh, if you get a general idea of, well, Friday the 13th and Safe Pilgrimage sounds a lot like, um, you know, the the Knights Templar. So is there a Knights Templar, you know, language out there that I can use? Then you can kind of work from there. So and once you get your, you know, but what do you guys think of making it in such a way that you can't... Um, Easily cut and paste it. Yeah, all for it. I, that's what I did on like when I, whenever I Morse code. Use Morse code, so instead of like typing in, you know, you can type in. I always do it as a JPEG image, so you can't. It, it makes it a lot harder. To, you have to copy it somehow and look at it. Hmm. Still not hard, but it's one step harder, right? <laughs> so right. I, on my uh, on my tools page, I have that little box for Morse code, and uh, I coded it so that it takes a few different. Uh, ways of input, but it can try to understand. So it's a lot easier to have the image up and just be like dot dot dash dot, space mm -hmm. dash dash and just type it through. So it's a lot quicker and then just convert. <laughs> yeah. So a eh, little trick, a little different, a little different approach to a language. As you can tell, I was trying to do something completely different. <laughs> Well, and it works. I mean, there's, there are plenty of puzzle caches that are around the world like that. That the people put it as a JPEG so that you can't just highlight it and copy and paste it. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. so it works. You know, and there's obviously many variations on the theme. You could bury the the your language. Let's say you were going to use you know the Knights Templar language there. You could bury the letters into a picture. So as you look through the picture, you're like, well, that's kind of weird. Why is that little symbol there? And you go, oh, that symbol must be something else. So then you start to make note of these symbols. And then you go, oh, I'm seeing a pattern. There's several, several of these in there. Mm -hmm. You know, and so... I think making um, making puzzles non-text is kind of another one of those ways that people are using to thwart apps mm -hmm. and scripts and stuff. It's just like uh, Jiggity right. now with puzzles. You hide the uh, hide the puzzles behind a jigsaw you've got to solve. But right. now there's scripts to solve the puzzles. So right. That, like <laughs> people will always come up with a way to get rid of all the busy work. <laughs> right. That's how they keep evolving. You just Make them trickier and trickier all the time. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
I had to the jiggity. Oh, right, to do that. I have, yeah, I have it to where you just click a button and it solves the puzzle. <laughs> but where's the fun in that? <laughs> where's the fun? Yeah. Um, or 400 cash geo art. <laughs> well, Every Sudoku, one of them was. Sudokus were hugely popular too. It was trendy for a while. Everybody was making mm -hmm. it. It's like, oh, another Sudoku. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, well there was, they were fun until there's apps out there that'll solve all that stuff. That takes the fun oh, out of that. True. There was a run for a while, if you guys remember, of the Magic Eye. Po po oh, uh, those are terrible. <laughs> I, mean, I hate those because I can't see it, no matter what happens. It's not Jesse's favorite. I could do it, but it was... I, I can't. I absolutely cannot see it. I don't care how long yeah. I have with it. Or so we had a, a high... Difficulty five puzzle that did that, but they encoded the uh, the image in the low low lowest least significant bits of the pixels of an image. Right. So you had to take that layer, oh, RGB, no. and then look at the dots, and then there's your uh, there's your noise. Oh image. my gosh, <laughs> that's silly. Yeah. So the the one that we did a while back, uh, I wanted to just make a quick note. Uh, we got a moment talking about we're talking about languages, and that is, um, we did a puzzle talk show about um, the. Uh, why am I drawing a blank? The guy in San Francisco murder the uh, what was uh, the ah the brain's not working tonight. What's the one with the they just they just broke the code on it. Somebody uh, in the show. No, nobody tell him. Don't Zodiac. say it. Oh, you no, ruined it. <laughs> we could have made him stumble over that for 10 more minutes. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, yeah. So, Zodiac, thank you. Thank you, my friends. During the, yeah, thanks for Both Zodiac. Jeff and me have said that. <laughs> so, I've been talking to one of um, the person who uh, the book is coming out about it. And so I've been in discussion with the person who wrote the book about he interviewed the three guys who figured it out and all that. So, um, Bundy, no, not, not Bundy, Zodiac, <laughs> Zodiac killer. Um, and so um, just to let you know, we're, We've got him scheduled. It's in June. Jesse, I'm scheduling all the way up to June, man. What do you think? Huh? The world Pretty may not even be here in June. What are you talking about? Pretty <laughs> impressive. Anyway, so looking forward to that because it, it made me think when we talk about the languages, you know, that's one that it's awfully symbols, but, you know, it, language is sort of in a sense a symbol. I mean, Letters are symbolic of whatever you're looking at. So, I mean, nobody yeah. says that the letters can't be backwards. Or, um, I don't know if you, the, you guys do a lot more puzzles, Jeff. Uh, you know, you, you guys are probably, if you solve a puzzle, you're like, okay, I've got to solve, but it doesn't make any sense. And then you start looking at it, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. If I take the first letter of all the 
words and I put those together, mm-hmm. now I can read something, you know. It's reverse so engineering, yeah. Like you have the solution, yeah. Yeah. you can work back and figure out how the puzzle was made. Right. And so there's, you know, as much as I don't like having all these various layers for me personally trying to do a puzzle, but maybe a little twist on it mm-hmm. might be enough to kind of go, oh, that was different, you know. Yeah. It wasn't a cut, it wasn't straightforward. It made me do an extra step. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the, all the letters are reversed. So if I reverse yeah. everything, I can read it yeah. versus looking at it one way or the other. Or like circling back to the Sudoku idea. What was that, Jesse? Um, I have a delay in my internet here, but I was saying that's why those difficulty stars are so important. It's all the like that. Yeah. You know what you're you know what you're getting into. Well, and you also have to kind of uh, gauge the owner as well because it might be their first time doing a certain puzzle and think, "Oh, this is so crazy! Nobody's thought of this." And they rate it four and a half difficulty. And like, oh, right. there's like ten of them just around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, that's a whole different show. <laughs> you give them the whole bless your heart and you move on but uh, <laughs> yeah or you get the others where pe- some people who start and they make them something I mean where there's there's no for enough information for you to adequately do the puzzle that's why I think it's good if you're starting to put out puzzles it's always good to run it by someone and say mm-hmm. hey you try to figure this out. Let me tell me what you did. That's always a good step, I think, for someone to to look at it and go, "Okay, here are the steps I'm taking to do it." And you're like, "Oh my gosh, no! This is not what I was trying. This is not the puzzle catch I was trying to make. It's this is not working." You know, you know, kind of yeah. uh, circling back to the the language thing, like yeah, throwing throwing that twist into a puzzle can make a huge difference in making the puzzle more fun because yeah yeah, like if it's a very common translation whether it's a code or a language you know people have scripts you can just copy paste it stick it in there and convert it but if there's a twist and you've got to figure out what that twist is then that can entice people to be like okay there's more to this puzzle i've got to work on this (laughs) myself exactly um like like with with sudokus when there's a little twist it makes it so much more interesting right oh yeah instead of just pulling out a tot Mm. A, a, you know, a, a puzzle Todd, as it were, and fix it. That's kind of like the one, Charles. The first one you did, Charles, the, the one you showed tonight was it's not straightforward. There's something more to it other than just, you know, or the. And those, those phonetic puzzles, and especially them being phonetic and then being in a foreign language, um, is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, not- I, I love that idea. I really like that because yeah, that yeah, there's I, no there's no script that will do that. You have right. to hear the words and yeah. understand the language. Right. Yeah. <laughs> one of them was one of the words translated to like nine hundred, and I was like nine hundred. You know, but it was the very end of like the east or west coordinates where they're giving you nine hundred forty-seven, right? But I oh, there you going go. through there. I was like. You know, and the only reason I cut that is because I knew from somewhere that it was Italian phonetics and could kind of put that in and, and you know, you can get it that way. But, yeah, it's very obscure unless you're fluent in, in other languages. 
And especially because it's phonetic and you have to sound it out and you have to talk through it. Yeah. You're going to struggle. Awesome. Well, are we at the, are we at an end? I think so. Will I'm sure we'll, this is going to be one of those topics that we revisit time in time and time again. Um, you know, as we have more stuff to, to wrangle up and whatnot, but, yeah. um, you know, we'll, um, you know, we'll get it out of here. I think for the night, let, uh, you and, and Tom thaw out, you know, <laughs> since, since you got power again, got power for the moment. We'll see how long it lasts. We're on, we're on a rolling, rolling blackout. So. Yeah. So we'll sure you guys, a lot of power because when the power comes on, everybody's trying to everybody's cranking their heat up because they want to get the heat back, mm. so they don't end up with the uh, thirty-eight degrees, which is what a lot of people are. Thirty-eight degrees in your house is a little chilly. <laughs> Whatever. I get change. I, ha I have a heater right down at my feet, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Well, is it? But it's electric, right? It's central air. Right. Yeah, oh, it's Yeah. 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 So, yeah. All right. Um, well, thanks, guys, for popping on and helping out and all that. And Charles, thanks for anchoring tonight. <laughs> and uh, keeping it, keeping the thing, keeping the thing rolling forward. So, all right. I'm going to play our exit. We'll see everybody Sunday, hopefully. We've got on Trinity, Action Trinity. Our wrestling geocaching friends, so that'll be a fun, fun night. You know, come, I've got a path tag. Come be with, yes, yay! Uh, all right, see y'all. See y'all Sunday.